Second Kings chapter 7, if you found it, say amen. amen. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow about this time a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and if we shall, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. <laughs> and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts, of the Syrian camp to their surprise no one was there for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses the noise of a great army so they said to one another look the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact their tents their horses and their donkeys and they fled for their lives and when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid them then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact and the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside so the king arose in the night and said to his servants let me now tell you what the syrians have done to us they know that we are hungry therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field saying when they come out of the city we shall catch them alive <laughs> and get into the city and one of his servants answered and said please let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city look they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses. And the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army saying, Go and see. 
And they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. For the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two seers of barley for a shekel and a seer of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he had said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. <laughs> I, tend, I tend to do that when I read a long chapter like that. But how many of you know it's important to read the word of God in church? Some of you didn't read that, I read it for you. <laughs> but there are some things I want to point out to you. Now you've got to understand that at this time, ben Hadad. The king of Syria and his army had besieged Israel. So Israel was under siege. And because of this, they could not go out. And because they could not go out, while they were in their city, they exhausted all the provision they had. Because, you know, you've got to do business, international trade, right? Countries, as you know, will prosper when they are involved in international trade with other countries of the world. Is that correct? But when uh, sanctions and embargoes are put upon countries, you know that they begin to suffer. We see that happen in our day and time. When a country's president begins to misbehave and begins to torment his own people as a despotic ruler, well, the, the big nations of the world would say, okay, for what you're doing, we don't want to have anything to do with you again. Is that correct? They begin to place sanctions and embargoes on these countries. And what happens eventually? The people begin to run into poverty. So that's exactly what's happening to Israel because Samaria had placed a siege around the, the entrance of the nation. And so the king of Israel one day was working and suddenly he hears a woman crying out. And the woman said, oh king, help me. And the king said, if God cannot help you, who am I to help you? But then the king said, what is going on? And the woman said, I and my friend, we got together and made a plan. The plan was, we shall eat my son today. And tomorrow we shall eat, eat our own son. But we ate my son yesterday. We cooked him and we ate him. And now it is time to eat our own son. But she is eating her son. And she does not want us to eat her son. No, you've got to listen to that. I know it sounds gross. But that is what was happening in that country. When the enemy puts a siege around your life. You will begin to do things that you never thought you could. That siege must be broken. 
I said that siege must be broken. That siege that has been placed must be removed. So when the king heard that these women had planned to eat their children, the king was upset. Guess who he was upset with? He was upset with Elisha, the man of God. And he said to himself, before it is night today, I'll remove the head of him, the man of God. I'll cut off the head of Elisha. But in reality, Elisha was not the problem. Elisha was a faithful man of God. The reason why the country was in this predicament was because of the sin of the people. And the king especially because you understand that when somebody is placed over a nation, placed over a family, what that person do will affect the nation and the family. How many of you know as husbands that you are responsible with what happens in the family? Thank you for one yes. How many of you know that the, the leaders of our nations are responsible? Because responsibility flows from the head. Come on, now, authority flows from the head. That is the reason why we've got to make right choices in our homes so that we leave a good legacy for our children. The Bible says a good man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. And I believe the first and ultimate and utmost inheritance we have to leave behind for our children, not just when we are dead and gone, but when we are alive, we've got to leave behind an inheritance of spiritual fervency with God. Our kids must know we serve and we love God in truth and in spirit. It's not a game. Come on now, say amen. It's, it's not a game. This is, this is how we live, not just in church, but this is how we live at home. Can someone shout amen? But anyways, going back to the story. So the king got upset with Elisha and the king sent one of his hitmen to go and kill Elisha. And he said to his hitman, I'm coming behind you. So the hitman was on his way to get to Elisha and the king was coming behind the hitman. And guess what? By the gift of the word of knowledge, Elisha knew what the king had planned to do. And before the king arrived, Elisha was sitting with some of his men and he said to them, just imagine what this man has thought to do to me. The man had not arrived, but Elisha knew about the spirit. Can I tell you that when you're a man, a woman of the spirit, whatever the enemy plans to bring into your life, you will pick it up before it comes. Yes. Oh my God. You will see. Listen, the, the importance of walking in the spirit in this day and time, it's not a luxury. It is a necessity. Everybody must walk in the spirit. You cannot go on spiritual sabbatical. You cannot go on spiritual vacation. When it comes to walking in the spirit, we've got to walk in the spirit every day. You cannot allow your flesh to run you for two hours. Because that space of time is what the devil needs to steal and kill and destroy. We've got to stay in the spirit every moment. I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. This, I'm telling you, this is important. Why? Because when you are in the spirit, you will pick up what the enemy is planning to do. The reason why so many are destroyed is not because God isn't speaking to them about the plots and the plans and the connivings of the devil. It is because they are not in the spirit. They are in the flesh. And when you are in the flesh, you don't pick up spiritual things. How can you know that people are planning to destroy your life? How is it that you can know that there is a plan to ruin your life? 
Sometimes you walk into a place and people laugh in your face, but they have a bad motive. But you pick those things up by the spirit. There is this particular guy in Istanbul many years ago. I just don't want him around me. Every time I got close to him or every time he got close to me, he wasn't a member of our church, but we praise God. But every time, every time we were at close proximity, I felt sick in my spirit. Because I was picking up something. And the Lord may not tell me exactly what the problem is. But when the Lord begins to warn you about somebody, you've got to walk away from that. This is the sensitivity of the spirit. Nothing evil happens to a Christian without God telling him before that. And when God tells you, God is telling you so that you might cancel it. And God is telling you so that you might be wise. Ask my wife, she will tell you. I've woken up many times, I've said to her, don't go there. Or be careful because there is something the enemy is cooking up for you. Correct? Good. Because the Lord will show us in Psalm 91, right, where it says... He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The word snare means trap. So there is a trap that the enemy wants to set in your way. But God will come and show it to you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because it is possible that people are going to plan against you. They shall surely assemble but not by you. Or not by me, say the Lord. As many that shall assemble or gather together against you they shall fall for your sake no weapon formed against you shall prosper every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you you everyone say you you will show to be wrong for this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is of me say the lord so yes there is a trap but god comes and god shows it to you god gives you that inner Thing in your spirit where you know there's something wrong. There's something going on. And God may not show you exactly. But God begins to speak to you about it. And God begins to give you the wisdom on how to deal with it. And there are cases where God will show you openly. I want to say openly. Hey guys, walk in the spirit. This is not luxury. This is necessity. Your life depends on it. Your family's life depends on it. Your marriage depends on this. Your ministry depends on this. I'm telling you, this is not a joke. You're walking the spirit every day. No spiritual holiday. You can go on holiday in the natural, but don't ever go on holiday in the spirit. Come on now, say amen. amen. Say, oh, I want to take from some days and unwind. You can do that in the natural, but don't ever do that in the spirit. Come on, say amen. amen. So the man of God was in the spirit. And the man of God knew what the king had planned to do to him. But then when the king came to the man of God, then the man of God began to tell the king the word of the Lord. And that was when the, the man of God said to the king, by this time tomorrow. Everyone say, by this time tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then the man of God told the king what will happen. And the man on whom the king leaned said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, is this possible? Because in the natural, it didn't make sense. And I many of you know that the word of God does not make sense. 
The word of God does not make sense. If you ever think the word of God will make sense, you will wait forever. And the reason why many don't step into what God is telling them to do because they cannot compute it with their minds. Your mind will never ever understand what God tells you to do. But your spirit will agree. That's why the Bible does not say he has put eternity in our minds. It says he has put eternity in our hearts. Eternity is longevity. Eternity is infinity. Eternity never ends. Eternal life. God does not put it in your head. God puts it in your spirit. That's why the Bible says that the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. You see, that's the difference. We don't catch these things with our heads. It's with our hearts. And we can. You know why? Because we are born again. Amen. Therefore, if a man is in Christ, it's a new. It's a new creation. It's a new nature. The nature of God. You, you were not born again by incorruptible seed. But you've been, I mean, by corruptible, I'm sorry, but by incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. <laughs> Praise God. So we've got the nature of God. Say it with me. I have the nature of God. <laughs> Therefore, I can believe God. But here is this man, he did not know God. He did not know the nature of God. He does not have the nature of God. So he said, even if the windows of heaven will open, is it possible? Let me talk to you about a few things here. Very important things I want to run through. Number one, the rema or the revealed word of the Lord is the stronghold of your faith. Look at what Elisha said. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. That word did not make sense. And we know that it, it did not make sense when Jesus said to Peter, Go to the stream or to the river and the first fish you catch, there will be money in its mouth. Did not make sense. Correct? Never makes sense. Ne it never makes sense. It did not make sense when Jesus stood by the tomb of Lazarus and said, roll the stone away. Didn't make sense because they said, well, he's been dead for how many days? By now, he's thinking... So Lord, what are you saying? Did not make sense. The Rema word of God does not make sense. I want to say to you, my friends, get ready for God's Rema word. Amen. That's going to come to you and it will not make sense, but it will make faith. Amen. I say it's not going to make sense, but it's going to make faith. <laughs> and you are going to step in to that word the Lord will bring to you. And the Lord will bring it to you sometimes even in the night as you're sleeping. And sometimes while you open the Bible and you're reading the Bible, that Rema word shall come into you. And you will know what the Lord wants to do. But your mind will seem to fight it because it will not make sense to your mind. But don't ever limit yourself because what the Lord wants you to do does not make sense. Always step out on the word of God and take God's word at face value. It's my word. Not like hammer that breaks the rocks. It's my word. Not like 
fire that burns when that word comes is going to break every rock is going to break every hindrance is going to burn through for you and as the word of God will burn through for you you shall step into new territories new realms of victory new realms of prosperity new realms of breakthroughs you shall experience new realms in God by reason of the word of God even though the word does not make sense can somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. number two don't ever doubt the word of the Lord. You may not fully understand it. Your mind will not comprehend it. Because God will speak to your mind about things that are impossible. Or let me say this, say this way. God will speak to your heart about things that are impossible to the man. But the fact that it is impossible to the man does not mean it is impossible to God. That what God wants the man to do is to switch the impossibility with possibility. Amen. And how do you switch from impossibility to possibility? By faith. You switch in faith and you'd say, I know that God will do his word. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 from verse number 10, As the rain and the snow cometh down from heaven and returneth not back again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. And it will prosper ah, in the thing that are pleased heaven and earth shall pass away but the word of God will not pass away can someone say amen the Bible says I have sworn by my holiness I will not lie unto David our God does not lie when God says he will do it God will do it when God says I'll come through for you he'll come through for you don't you ever doubt the word of God because if you do it'll be detrimental the angel came to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and introduced the will of God. What did Zacharias say? How can it be the same thing, doubt and unbelief? How can it? Now, if you study the account of Mary, the mother of Jesus, she said the same thing, but the meaning is different. Mary was asking, how can it be because I don't know a man? She wasn't asking, how can it be because I don't believe it? Zacharias was asking because he did not believe it. The angel said, for doubting you will be dumb and unable to speak. <laughs> it's always detrimental when you doubt the word of God. Tell somebody, don't doubt God's word. You see, the camel, listen, the, the, <laughs> the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back was when the Israelites went into Canaan 10 of 12 of them and spied the land. Remember that? 12 spies. And they came back. The Bible says 10 of them brought back a wicked report. What did they say? They said, we went into Canaan. Yes, truly, as Moses, the man of God, told us, the land is flowing with milk and honey. But the sons of Anakims are there. The giants are there. And when we looked at them, we were in our own eyes like what? Grasshoppers. In our own eyes, we were like grasshoppers. That's your problem. Because you are looking in your own eyes. You are not looking with the eyes of God. Yeah. You are not looking with the eyes of faith. In your own eyes, you are not a match to the devil. You are not a match to that mountain. You are not a match to the devil, to whatever the devil presents. But in the spirit, when you begin to see like God sees, you realize that you've been raised up together. You've been made to sit with Jesus in heavenly places 
far above, not just above, but far above all principalities and powers, might and dominion, above every name, above every title, not only in this age, but in this and in this world, but also in that which is to come. And all things has been placed under your feet. You are in authority. You are the head, not the tail. You are the light of the world. You are above and not beneath. God is on your side. Glory is on your side. Favor is on your side. The goodness of God is you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Come on, put your hands together. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. Yes. <laughs> that bad report, evil report, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, don't forget, the Israelites had done a lot of stuff in the past. But it was that day God said, I'm done. You will not enter the promised land. And listen to what happened. The bodies of the last doubting man had to die in the wilderness before the new generation could enter Canaan. I want to say this to you. Stay away from doubters. They will ruin your faith. Stay away from doubters. Those people you talk about, when you tell them about your big dreams and your big vision and what God's saying to you, eh, is it possible? Stay away from them. They will ruin that miracle. Yes. Until the last man died, the new generation could not enter the promised land. God made sure they kept going around the mountain until the last man died. And when the last man died, then God said, okay, J uh, Caleb, Joshua, now you go. Lead them in. But the last man, the last man had to die. Get rid of everybody that brings doubt and unbelief into your life. Don't accommodate them in your life. Love them from a distance. And if they are members of your family, then set them straight. Come on now, shout hallelujah. Number three. God saves with the most unlikely people sometimes and delivers in the most unlikely ways. These were lepers. Now watch these lepers. You know back in the day, lepers were ostracized. In other words, they were cut away, cut off from people. They had no relationship with people except people of their kind. Correct? So lepers with lepers. Because leprosy, leprosy is contagious. And leprosy in the Bible is symbolic to sin. That was a sin. That is why when Miriam sinned, when she and Aaron gossiped behind Moses' back and God said, I want you guys to come to my, to my presence. So three of them showed up and, and God said, how dare you speak against my servant Moses? If there was a prophet in Israel, I speak to them through visions and dreams, but not so with Moses, a man that I speak to face to face as a man speaks with his friend. How is it you were not afraid to speak against him? And the Bible says, when the cloud of the glory of God lifted, Miriam became leprous from the top of her head down to the soles of her feet. She was white because leprosy, you can see. And what did God say to Moses? God said to Moses, put Miriam out of the camp. Don't forget, Miriam was a prophetess. God's no respect to her persons. So these men were ostracized, so they were not, watch this, they were not in Samaria, and they were not with the Syrians. They were not here, they were not there. 
Now, these lepers said to themselves, okay, look, man, if we stay here, we will die. Correct? So if we go into Samaria, we're going to die. Because there is starvation in the city. If we go to the Syrians, they're going to kill us. Whether we are here, there, or there, we die. So let's die. <laughs> Can I tell you, when it comes to succeeding, when it comes to succeeding, you've got to take that kind of tenacious faith. You've got to activate that. You've got to, you've got to take some risk. If you're not willing to take risk, you're not going to succeed. You've got to take some risk. And we're talking about calculated risk. You've got to say, look, I will step into that. And, and your friends might say, what if you fail? What if I succeed? What if you don't come through? What if I come through? What if everyone is against you? No, what if everybody is with me? You, you can't be thinking failure when you want to succeed. So you've got to take some risk. And so those men say, look, if we go in here, we die. If we stay here, we die. If we go there, we die. So you know what? It's even better to go where the enemy is. Israel will offer us nothing. This place will offer us nothing. Over there, at least, there are some people with some good stuff. When we get there, if they kill us, that's fine. We are dead anyways. Nobody even likes us in the first place. But what if, what if something happens? That is the kind of faith that I'm telling you, you are going to see results. You are going to see the hand of God. You are going to see the power of God. You're going to take some risk, even in this day and in this time and in this year. And you will see God will move for you. Can I also tell you, my friends, don't despise anybody. You see, these lepers were despised. The guy or the girl you despise today, you might need him tomorrow. Don't you ever say, well, you, uh, who do you think you are? You, no, listen, because you might, they might be the ones to bring you that miracle. Don't look down on anybody. They may not speak your language. Don't look down on them. They might be timid. Don't look down on them. They might not be the ones that speak the best. Don't look down on them. They might not have the kind of education you have. Don't look down on them. They might come from the village. Don't look down on them. Do not despise anybody. Because God does not despise anybody. God is looking at the hearts of men. He said, give me your heart, my son. And let your eyes observe my way. And that is who God is looking for. And the eyes of the Lord run it to and fro. The whole earth. God is searching for men and women that he might show himself strong on their behalf but they have to be men and women that are loyal to God if you are loyal to God you gain my respect Amen. don't care your nationality your education you might have a PhD or a DPH whatever it is you might not even have anything you might just be a total novice but if your heart is after God I tell you you gain my respect and God loves you and God has a plan for your life and God's going to use you to accomplish big things come on if you believe it shout hallelujah hey <laughs> glory to God somebody's going to confront their fear the enemy is over there but we will go there they said they want to kill us let them kill us we are no good anyways. Over here, we are not giving anything to anybody. And nobody is giving anything to us. And we're just going to die for nothing. So let us die for something. Yes. Oh my God. Amen. Let us die for something. Basically, that's what we're, that's a, there's an attitude. There's an attitude when you want to succeed. There's an attitude when you want to deal with things of life. There's an attitude. You've got to develop that attitude. There's that attitude where you say, whatever happens, let it happen. But I know God is with me. Amen. I know God will see me through. I know God will give me the miracle. I know people may not believe in me, but God believes in me. And I believe in myself. 
And guess what? God is about to bring this miracle from the most unexpected people. As they were matching in, just a few of them, as they were going in, the Bible tells us that God made the enemy hear the sound of an army. Now these, these men were not armies. As you know, they were not welcoming into any place of society. These men were just people, lepers. But their faith, as they began to go, go into that place, the host of angels came. The army of God came. And the enemy began to hear the noise of chariots and army. And the enemy said to themselves, Oh, the king of Israel has hired the king of Egypt. He has hired the king of the Hittites. And they have all come together to destroy us. And guess what? They began to shake in their boots. And they began to panic. And they dropped all their stuff. And they dropped all their weapons. And they dropped all their gold. And they dropped all their wealth. And they took off running. There was no time to pack these things. There was no time to gather. That is wealth transfer. That happened right there. Oh my God. It is about to happen. It is about to happen. It is about to happen. The enemy will drop their stuff. The enemies will drop their stuff. And you shall go in. And you shall begin to pick them. You shall say, that is mine, that is mine, that is mine. You begin to take them because it is the will of Almighty God for you. If you believe it, come on, give the Lord a big shout. Yeah. Glory to God. Ah, glory to God. The enemies took of running. Now watch this. My God, I'm running out of time. Ah, glory to God. Ah, yakarabasete. Glory to God. Watch this, watch this. Now, the lepers got there. They were shocked. Now, they had no idea. God had made the enemies think there was an army. Can I say this to you? You are not going to fight the fight. God's going to fight the fight for you. You are not fighting. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more. God's about to bury the Egyptians in the Red Sea. God's about to bury the enemy in the Red Sea. Those who said over their dead bodies for you to rise, for you to succeed, God's about to answer their prayer. And I'm telling you, over their dead body, you will succeed. Over their dead body, you will rise. Over their dead body, God's going to use you and great things shall be accomplished through your life. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. My God. You're not fighting. God's fighting. I'll go before you like fire, he said. God will go before you like blazing fire. And God will burn the enemies. I'm telling you, when the Bible says that the, the hills melt at the presence of God. When God shows up, the enemy will run. You don't have to fight. You just have to go behind him and let him do the fighting for you. And let him defeat the enemy for you. And let him take the enemy out. And that's what God is going to do for somebody here today. Now in closing, I'll finish with this. I'll finish with this. This lepers got there and they saw all this stuff. And they took, they took these things and they began to eat. They got filled. And they said, hey, let's go hide some of these things for ourselves. They went and they hid them. They're going to be prosperous, right? They go into the next tent. Wow, look at all this gold. Look at all this stuff. They, and, and one of them said, if we keep doing this, something evil is going to come upon us. Because this victory is not just for us.
Can I tell you, God blesses you to bless other people. You must get rid of selfishness, self-centeredness out of your life. Your breakthrough is someone else's breakthrough. You see, if these men had been selfish, the word of the Lord would have been hindered. Just imagine the word of the Lord that came was to use. These men did not even know God was going to use them. But our God is a God of impossibilities. Hey, glory to God. Impossibilities are going to be possible. So when you begin to see millions come into your hands, do not forget, it is not for you alone. There are many that you are going to bless. There are many. You're going to buy homes for people. You're going to buy vehicles for people. You're going to send people through school. You're going to do that which their family and their parents cannot do for them. Because God wants to empower you with wealth and prosperity. So that you will be a blessing unto many. If that is for you also shout. 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 Shout to the Lord. Say to two people, I am not blessed for myself alone. I'm blessed that I might be a blessing. That I might be a blessing. Say, I am a blessing. I'm a blessing. I am not self-centered. I am generous. I am a blessing. The word of the Lord will come to pass in my life. God said, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. That's your portion. I said, that's your portion. I said, that's your portion. I want you to take 60 seconds and shout and clap and give God praise. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Come on.
the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good and you turn it for good I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory for the Father, Father, we thank you this day. Thank you, Lord, for you take that which the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Thank you, Lord, because your people are in faith. And Lord, we hear the, the sound of victory here today. Hallelujah. We come to the table of the Lord. It's a table of victory. Lord, we thank you for all that has been accomplished today. In Jesus' mighty name.